Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beater, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, where it is never too late for the Leafs. I'm your host, Roscoe. I'm joined by Steph, the fanalist. And this is presented, as always, by Inside the Rink. And uh, what are we going to talk about tonight, Steph? It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Um, we had Sudley with us. I think he's going to be joining us again momentarily. But hey, a little bit of an OG episode here. Yeah, I was like, why? It's been a while. I mean, we just did an episode the other day, but it's been a while since it was just you and I. You know, back to back to our roots. Yeah, yeah. So, um, some little little excitement in Leafland today. There was the um, prospect tournament that the Leafs taken on the Dallas Stars prospect pool, and uh, as I said on Twitter, I hope there's a lifeguard on duty because this pool is deep. <laughs> Seriously, though, we saw some names on the roster that. Well, personally, I didn't think we would see, for example, our boy, Nicky Bobby Robbie here, Nick Robertson. Uh, you would just never think he would be a guy on the prospect roster, but roster, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, we also had uh, some longtime Marlies like SDA and uh, our, our favorite Nikki Alphabet and uh, joined <laughs> by uh, another one of Beaner's favorites, Curtis Douglas, who made i i mean I, I was able to tune in partway through the game and uh he had just tied it up 2-2 beginning of the second period there with a beauty goal so uh got to nice. give it to kurt dougie for that yeah uh but that's when the leafs kind of exploded so just a little quick recap of the game um i think the final score was 6-2 i didn't catch the whole thing but i did tune in to see all the highlights of the second which is where the leafs really popped off so like yeah. i said curtis douglas ties it at two then we've got sda taking a feed from uh, Nikki Alphabet, who did a little dance in front of the net, able to get everybody over to his side, and uh, finds Sir uh, Dur Argachinsev on the other side wide open, and he puts it in. Uh, then we had Nick Robertson, Nikki Bobby, firing one from the slot through a couple people, beauty wrist shot, like we, uh, we know he's good at. Just needs nice. to translate that over to the NHL, and I think we'll be right. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah. finally, SDA got another one. So uh, that was from, I forget who it was, but somebody behind the net was able to steal it away from Dallas and feed it to him wide open. So uh, by the looks of it, they were making Dallas look silly in the second there. And then when I tuned back in, it was 6-2. So wow. good job, boys. Yeah, not going to lie. I missed it tonight. Uh, first, the feed wasn't working. I know all of Leafs Nation were scrambling to get this feed. And it, it gave us a glimpse at first. And then it just shot right back to the earlier game at uh, Colum uh, the Columbus game there. And everyone just went crazy. They're like, Oh, my God, I cannot find the feed on my other streaming websites. Come on, NHL fix this. But Where were you trying to watch it? Because I got it on NHL.com. The first um, first period, almost the whole period. Uh, apparently, we couldn't get the feed. It was showing oh, the old well, game. I tuned yeah. in the seconds, so maybe I was just lucky. Yeah, but um, some interesting it notes about this tur this tournament too, right? Uh, we said we see some familiar names on this roster, and um, one name missing though that we would have loved to see in this roster is Mikhail Abramov. 
right? He yeah. we saw some action in Europe. He recently played over in Europe, but then we're kind of wondering, like, where is this guy's name, right? But Manny Maholtra confirmed that he was not medically cleared to play, and they're more focused on him to, I guess, condition and prepare for the upcoming season and rather than playing the tournament. Also, on that note, shout out to Manny Maholtra, who is uh, head coach of the Leafs prospect team right now. So good for yeah. him for getting that little chance. Hell yeah. It's fun for uh, fun for him. So names that are on the team, though, we had, uh, I, th- I thought I saw Ty Voigt and... Um, was Steve's there too? Yep, first line. Yeah. Um, this first line was heavy, like Robertson, Minton, and Steve's. <laughs> Minton, that's the one who fed the puck, who got it behind the net. That's the name that I was like, it's M something, but I don't want to screw it up. That was who mm. it was. Yeah, so draft pick from this year. Um, I don't know. You just see Robertson's name, right? Going fourth year, going, you know, after turning pro and then, you, I don't know, maybe I was just a little confused. And then it gave me those doubts because we've been talking about Nick Robertson for so long and, you know, is he going to crack this NHL roster this year? And then you see his name on the prospect tournament. And I'm just thinking like, how is Leafs Nation slotting him in immediately uh, like left wing line two when this guy is still playing in the prospect tournament? Well, I know, and it's like we've talked about. It. It's just the the style of play that he has, and I think it comes down to the Leafs not being able to find an identity for their third and fourth line. Like if they had somehow, I mean, maybe with these the new additions in in Yarncroke and Kubel and um, um, oh, what's his name, the other one um, that we just got, Aston Reese. Uh, maybe there's a way that they build some sort of kind of third scoring line but the identity of those third and fourth lines has just been absent in the last couple years so it's it's more just become checking and shut down which is not where you want to put nick robertson so the only place people can theoretically slot him in is first or second line because that's the type of player he is and i don't think and like i said unless they change how they structure their bottom two lines i don't know if there's anywhere else to put him so maybe we see that this year yeah, maybe. Again, I was just surprised because even uh, Kyle Cushman tweeted on Twitter saying that uh, he was also surprised because usually it's, you know, only first year after NHL guy or AHL guys or, you know, after being drafted. But this guy's going into his fourth year. So I don't know. I had some high expectations. And tonight clearly showed that um, he still has some skill. And um, he said in an interview as well that he packed on some weight. Uh, getting up to 185, but he knows it's tough. Like the competition is so tough. There's 10 Leafs off the top of my head I can name right now battling for a roster spot coming upcoming in this training camp. So, Yeah, that's why I'm really interested. I mean, like today was cool to be able to turn on a stream on my phone and see people in Leafs jerseys playing hockey against somebody that's not Uh, also in a Leafs jersey. Like, oh, so cool. But um, it'll be nice to see the the preseason games start and just – for once, not just see guys that they're, you know, trying out, but you know who the starting lineup's going to be. This is actually going to be people fighting for like really important slots in the lineup. So I'm I'm excited to see how uh, how they change stuff up every night and and who impresses and who doesn't. Who's the Nick Ritchie of the year? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, there's a good one. There's a good one. Who's going to be the Nick Ritchie this season? Oh. You don't want them to bust, right? Because you know, no, I, was I, a bust. I, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. But like, yeah, who, yeah. who do you think? 
I know we because last episode we talked about who we think is going to pop off this year. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is going to be the Nick Ritchie and just not click with anybody here? Nothing by their own doing. Because look, he found some success in Arizona. Good for him. Yeah. But it didn't work with anybody here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's very difficult. You know, like guys, I'm thinking who's already solidified their spots in the roster previous years may not do the same this year, like Clifford or Simmons or. You I know. think those two might, yeah, those are two names that might be out of the lineup this year, I think. <laughs> Simmons will be there when they go against, like, Winnipeg and Boston and, I don't know, who else do they have a rivalry with right now, like, physically rivalry? Even the Habs or Ottawa, man, like, the yeah. Habs or Ottawa, Ottawa just picking a, up. You gotta play more skilled yeah. against Ottawa this year. I know, but that Tyler Mott signing, man, like that's that was a huge check on their list, in my opinion. That really cleared up some holes for them. Yeah, because everybody was saying, you know, they they've got a lot of the the forward, um, I guess, promise. I don't want to say guaranteed, but you know, there's a lot of expectation there. But the defense was where they were really uh, a question mark. But that's mm-hmm. it's a big signing for them for uh, for not a lot of money. But, uh, but speaking back of to my weight... question. Oh, okay, okay. Shit. <laughs> Who is the Nick Ritchie this season? Who is just not going to gel? My pick is Zach Aston Reese. Just because of okay. the way that he plays, the systems he's come from. And uh, I I just don't see them. Tr- I don't know. I think it's, it's based on what I said earlier about finding an identity for the third and fourth line. I just think that it's going to be built into something that doesn't involve him. Um, mm-hmm that i'm just speculating right like my my hope is that it does because he is a good checking forward that's mean to play against but Mm -hmm. uh it just depends on where they start to go with that line i think it'd be nice to have him in there but i just foresee if that does not work down there that he's the one that's on the outside because i guess he's a little more narrow in his uses and that's if he gets a contract, right? Because he's on the PTO. That's true, know. actually. Yeah, he's only on a PTO. Yeah. We don't know if he'll be a leaf. So, you know, we have high hopes. I read a stat as well. Um, obtaining, if we do get um, Zach Aston Reese, and then we had um, Obey Kubel, um, if we minus Simmons and Spezza from our fourth line, which is only three less points, the, uh, these two players bring 200 more hits to our fourth line. Well, so, yeah, yeah. It's a dramatic difference, and I think it's going to be very valuable for the Leafs this season, especially for all the haters calling us super, super soft. So, yeah. But um, to answer your question, oh, And stuff. Name... And, like, again, I'm not saying I hope that Zach Aston Reese doesn't work out and it's, it's going to yeah. fail. I'm just saying, you know, last year somebody was supposed to fill kind of that same role but mm-hmm. to a bigger degree and it didn't work out so yeah definitely um it's just a possibility the, the only name that's coming to mind will definitely bring me hate <laughs> uh beaner Uh-oh. is not here so um don't hate me beaner but i'm sorry but i have to say nick robertson <laughs> um i have high Ooh, hopes for this guy interesting yes i everyone has been slotting him like as a left wing lock on line two why like yes he showed flashes last year in the ahl 
this training camp, I mean, the prospect tournament, fine. You're supposed to nail this, man. Like, you have the experience. You're playing on that first line with, you know, another experienced guy, a draft pick, whatever. But, you know, a handful of guys on this this roster has NHL experience. But if Nick Robertson doesn't gel immediately, I totally agree with Beaner from last episode that he will be shipped at trade deadline and used as maybe trade bait. Do we think that some of the expectation on him is a little sibling bias? Yes. Like, guys, he had amazing numbers in junior. Um, Injury bug has been horrible for him. I really feel bad for the kid, right? Like, he could have cracked the roster last season if he didn't get injured early. But this time around, the competition is tight. Kyle Dubas locked up a bunch of NHLers with experience, like, is he really going to outperform them? And if he does, great. Like, I want to be wrong here because we always want to see the young guys succeed. He could be the future of this franchise along with our core, right? But I need to see more. I need proof. I need it, like, more than what we saw tonight. Like, prospect tournament, okay, done. But we yeah, need but to he did see have more. A, he did have a rough turnover as well. That is, yeah, that's the one clip I did see. And, you know, you said earlier it was so nice to watch um, Leafs and jerseys and such. And, uh, you know, it was amazing opening up Twitter and seeing those plays and like the videos being passed around on the timeline. Right. But that one video that stuck up in my mind was that <laughs> mid-ice uh, turnover and it did not look good. It was just a foot race till it just went all wrong. So. Hey, yeah, and I mean, mistakes, mistakes happen. happen, but like, <laughs> Jinx, but like we were saying, he's <laughs> the one with the most NHL experience there, so he should really be like outperforming. And this is where he should be shutting things down and really showing, like, yes, I shouldn't be in this prospect tournament, I should be on the team. Like, that's kind of what the narrative around him should be, but it's not yet. So, um, let's move on to another one that's kind of on the fringes of the team, hoping to find a spot. And that's Rasmus Sandin, who we keep talking about. But the reason we have to bring him up again is because Sean Dursey just signed a deal. And that deal with the LA Kings is two times 1.7 million. So again, yep. it's like we talked about uh, Mickey Anderson last. It's funny, they're all LA people. But uh, Mickey yeah. Anderson signs for uh, one time, I think it was 1.1 or 1.2. And now we've got 1.7 for Sean Dursey. So... Yeah, this is hurting his argument. And I think it's uh, it's like I said last time to Beaner, the longer he waits this out, I think his number is going down. This is not the same market that Nylander was dealing with where it's, you know, the the powers to the players because there's money available. This is Mm -hmm. there's no money out there and the spots are kind of filled. And if they can find someone cheaper than you to do it, they're going to like it's. Yeah, they've got their pieces that they think they can win with the defense for the first time is in a good spot. Like really Sandine's just wrong place at the wrong time, man. Yeah, I totally agree. And I had this discussion today on Twitter with uh, James from offside talk and, um, you know, Edna actually. <laughs> so they, you know, James was saying Jersey got signed, you know, Sandine should be similar to this. Even a one year show me deal at 1.7 as he has, you know, 88 games of experience and 28 points. So my response to this was that Sandine has been in the NHL for three years. 
the 88 games is from all across three years. The leg up that Sean Jersey has is that when Doughty was out, he was the first man up to run the PP1. And he was a rookie. So all of his stats, Sean Jersey, that was all combined in one year. So 64 games, 27 points, quarterbacking the power play. Like, he's trusted. Right place at the right time. Yes, he's trusted. Whereas our boy Sandine, he's not even guaranteed a third pairing roster spot right now. Like, he's the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth guy at the moment, unfortunately, because we're over call him this right now like, on paper the, right who he's would not you signed. say is above him as if you put him at if you're not going to put him at seventh who do you think is i really want him to be higher don't get me wrong but now we have other guys with more experience and what if like jake muzzin is out you would want a guy like jamie or um jordy ben in to kind of take that spot or oh, shit i forgot about jordy ben Remember, and we have Victor Mete, and like I totally, also- those two just <laughs> right? completely like, forgot about them. Wow! This is why I said a couple episodes ago, I'm expecting another trade. I'm expecting another move because right now there's just too many clowns in the clown car. Like we're not fitting right now, and Sandine does not have the leverage. Like this guy does not pil- kill penalties. Yes, he has experience running PP2, but like, I don't know. This, like, where do you fit him and who do you ship out? Because I don't think Justin Hall is on the move. Like, as much as oh, Leafs Nation would love to see Justin Hall leave, Kerfoot, like, all of these magical scenarios in our minds that we would love in a perfect world, it's not fucking happening. It's okay. Not. And I want to eat my words. Like if it happens tomorrow, then I will gladly eat crow, right? <laughs> but but I no, don't think it, it's happening. And you you raise a good point that I mean, like, who do you take out of the lineup to put in somebody like Ben? Like, I mean I think Sandine would be better off taking the deal that allows him to stay with the Leafs, but forces them to move somebody else out. Like, I think he, because long-term, they're going to regret if they get rid of him. Like, that's what I keep falling back to is like, yes, there's no room yeah. for him right now. Yes, his value is high. He, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass if they get rid of him. So do you move somebody like, fuck, like you can't, it, it's hard. this is the thing, Muzzin, Muzzin and Hall are the two that stand out to me as like, maybe you move them, but they've both, I don't know, Hall, like we said, they like him. And there's really no point in talking about it. And Muzzin is kind of up and down based on his health. So when he's up, he's good. But, you know, we got to yeah. count on that. So I I think, uh, I don't know. That's yeah. what I've talked myself into is I don't know how Sandine fits into this. Maybe they do move him. I just know they're going to regret it. <laughs> Definitely. Long-winded and... circle. <laughs> no, it, it's true, right? Like, I do not want to lose Sandy. And of course, this kid is also the future of the franchise. But at the same time, even with these prospect tournaments, there's some names that you would think would be playing by now. Like even SDA, right? Or you I know, know and I love watching him play. He's so good. Right? And like Curtis Douglas, I've been wanting this guy to have a chance with the big boys. Like this guy is a big boy. So you want to see him play on the ice. And, you know, They've been talking about 
a couple fringe players almost getting contracts as well and like introducing all of these names but i feel like we're in this we're stuck with a couple of handfuls of these players that we've heard for how long now and it's like okay now's the time man like sandine now's the time lily got the contract we're waiting on you and you're the next guy up when it comes to defenders so i don't yeah, know i think I think the opportunity would be there for Sandy if Morgan Riley didn't exist and they didn't just lock him down. I think like that's the slot that he's meant to grow into. And I just don't think it exists with the Leafs. Ah, it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. If they didn't sign Geo, then I would not have this thought process. But Geo is right. an obvious lock. He's an obvious veteran, former captain. Same with, you know, Jake Muzzin. As much as he's injured... The Leafs love Muzzin. Like they do. They, he's they, he's, he's a core so valuable. Player. And you know what? I would love Muzzin to have a bounce back season this year and see that huge clapper from the point. You know, every single game because this guy was a beast in the playoffs. Like he was. we know, Jake Muzzin can perform. And you know, JT has had a awesome off season from what I've heard, and he's fully recovered. Like I think a couple of these guys are really going to bounce back, and it's going to make a huge, huge impact. Because you know the rumors about JT, oh, he's he's slow, he's this, he's that. Well, guess what? Like I think the narrative will definitely change, even though he's been a point per game player and has been elite since day one. But Jake Muzzin, JT, you know, even hmm, Pierre Ingvall. Like, I think these guys are really going to make a huge splash next, like, this upcoming season. Yeah, Ingvall is one I really want to watch. I mean, the guys that got the opportunity, I know we lost Kasha, but the guys that got the uh, the penalty kill opportunities last year that really showed, like, you know, no matter what chance you give us on the ice, we're going to put it in the back of the net. Like, him and Kampf were so good with Kasha on that penalty kill. So Fuck yeah. I'm I now that they've kind of graduated up and uh hopefully get some more ice time regular uh regular minutes that we see more of that. So yeah. uh I just want to move on to Mr. Nazem Kadri. Because okay. as per Pierre Lebrun, it's believed uh that Kadri turned down six years times eight point five from a mystery club. That we do not know. Mm. Do we think this was the Islanders? Because there was so much talk of, oh, maybe, you know, Lou signed him and nobody's talking about it, yada, yada. It seemed like there was enough insider information, but they couldn't come out and say it. But they knew something. I think yeah. it was the Islanders. What do you think? I think that's a really good guess, and that is my first pick as well, because the Islanders have been super silent all offseason besides, you know, the, the move they made during the draft to get Romanov, and, like, what else happened? I can't even fucking tell you, because the Islanders were just boring as hell this offseason. Like, everyone has been waiting for something to happen, so... Oh, and you know, one day, Lou just announced, like, all of their signings. They signed Dobson right? and a bunch of people, and he was just like, yeah, we're done. It's like, oh. like, the day after Islanders fans just, like, off themselves, and they're like, fuck this franchise, and Lou's came came back and was like, oh, by the way, here's yeah, all here's these minuscule signings. <laughs> like, come on. Here's but, a couple more five and six million dollar contracts for you guys. <laughs> Lou's favorite. Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll see. You know, Kadri 
Good guy. I mean, he just made a huge donation to the London Health Science Center, Amplitoria Surgical Center. But anyways, $1 million donation. Good for him. Good for him. And then our boy, Mr. Morgan Riley, <laughs> yeah, he's an ambassador for the Mercedes for Mercedes Benz, and he made a fifty thousand dollar donation to the South Lake Stronach Regional Cancer Center. So I saw the number, and I was like, "Okay, I won't judge you, man. You're making a donation, but at the same time, I'm kind of judging you." Fifty k, like uh, more than that in one game. Probably about a game for him, yeah. Yeah, so, but hey, good on them to donate. Yeah, good, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Random facts as you bring up Kadri, but uh, yeah, man, Kadri, Calgary. Oh, I really yeah. feel like he's gonna. I don't know. It's like you don't know if he's gonna gel or not yet. Like Kadri has not been a consistent player like he sh- like he was, you know, last season and had a career year, you know. I think but, he's going to have a huge slump, but that's just I don't know. me. In, the thing is, in Calgary, he doesn't have to be 1C, which is kind of people were speculating him going somewhere where he would have to be the, the first center. But I mean, Lindholm will still probably be their first center, right? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lindholm is be super trusted. Lindholm and Huberto with. Uh, I don't know who they put on the wing there. Maybe they um, do you Mangiapani. I mean, you can, but like he was third line last year. They moved him up and down the lineup a lot. He's really streaky. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe. And that's why I'm kind of iffy because that second line seems to always be an experiment for the Flames. Then you have Blake Coleman, who's supposedly slotted up the lineup as well. And um, just looking at a daily faceoff, I see Tyler Toffoli taking that first right wing ah, I forgot spot. they grabbed him at the deadline last year. Then we on the second line, we have Coleman, Kadri, and Mangiapane. So that could be a really sneaky, lethal line, in my opinion. But they really have to gel. Yeah, and it's interesting that now people are going to be watching Calgary and the Florida Panthers against each other all year, comparing them. Like, what a weird kind of almost rivalry that's emerging out of this offseason and that every time they play columbus too it'll be interesting like man yeah this is what i like about hockey is there's you know outside of the playoffs there's a lot of these narratives that come up through the season my favorite word narratives uh a lot of these little stories and uh and I don't know, rivalries that pop up through different fights and stuff. Like, I mean, what the Leafs had with Winnipeg last year was fun. So, yeah, there's things to watch. This uh, first power play unit looks real good. We have Tyler Toffoli, um, uh, Lindholm. We have Kadri, Anderson, and Huberto. You can tell somebody's starting to do research for fantasy as they're (laughs) talking about the depth of the Calgary Flames scoring. Yes. The um, finalist, everybody. Right. <laughs> Stay uh, tuned for more fantasy info <laughs> soon. Uh, oh my God, I'm a little behind on it, guys, but trust me, it is coming. Um, Going to send out the Google Doc uh, in the next couple of days, take down the info, and we'll have everything set up. Yeah, we might, I don't know, we might do whole separate episodes for fantasy because it's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about that, like, if you're coming here for a Leafs podcast, you might not care about, like, who's the starting goalie for the LA Kings this week because their starter's out. So, 
you know, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll probably do it as a whole separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or if people want to learn, like feel free, listen, because honestly, if you're new to hockey and, you know, fantasy in general is such a great tool to use to actually learn like the dynamics of the game and to see like, you know, what to look out for when watching and the little metrics. So no, I'm so excited with all the new players. Oh my God. I I expect we're going to have like four leads leagues minimum. Yeah. Um, what I think we should do is because we'll be doing post games through the season, we should do like either Saturday or Sunday during the day. Uh, we'll post it on the same channel, but it'll be a separate episode. And that can be mm-hmm. with a little teaser. That can be with the day owl Ooh. because it'll be during the day. And then we can have the night owl for late night. Stay Ooh. tuned. Um, yes. Speaking of uh, ads on jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about ads on jerseys. Yeah, so let's... what I thought was pretty funny was um, the Montreal Canadiens announced Nick Suzuki as their captain. You're reading my mind. An, an hour before that, they announced <laughs> that RBC was their uh, their sponsor for their jersey. And uh, what I immediately said was, um, did somebody scramble when they went to post the picture of Suzuki as their captain? They're like, wait, 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 wait. everybody stop. Does the picture have RBC on his jersey? Because we were supposed to announce that today. So it was one of two things. Either they rushed to announce that RBC was their jersey partner so they could put out the one that had it on it. So it wouldn't be like, wait, why is there RBC on it? Or they were like, we're going to announce our captain. And RBC is like, eh, you're going to announce this. Photoshop this onto his jersey. God, so many things screwed up that day. I mean, first of all, you announced this captaincy at a golf course. So you're kind of like foreshadowing where you'll be at during uh-huh. for playoffs. <laughs> oh, God. And second, that fucking logo is bigger than the C on the jersey. <laughs> that is so sad. Okay. And it's blue and yellow. Like it's just it stands out so much on there. It's also bigger. with the naming of Nick Suzuki as captain of the Montreal Canadiens, this now means that the Vegas Golden Knights, who have only been around for ten years, has it been ten years now already? <laughs> no. Like five. Seven? No. Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. So like four? <laughs> no, five seasons. Yeah. Five? So five seasons. What, what am I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> so in five seasons, they've managed to have um, three Montreal Canadiens captains. Yeah. How wild Brutal. is that? <laughs> so <Holy> fuck. <laughs> drafting Nick Suzuki and then trading him for Max Pacioretty and then giving Max Pacioretty up for nothing and then taking on Shea Weber's, uh, I guess, name on paper. Like, what? Yeah. Why? Those Montreal, they, it's like every time Montreal Canadiens get a call from Vegas, they're like, oh, this is going to be great. Pick it up. <laughs> right? I don't know. It's... Fuck. Those trades have looked so bad on, on the Vegas Golden Knights, man. Like, who would have yeah. thought that they would look like the losers of the Jack Eichel trade right now? Man, nobody, right? Like... We were so happy about this Jack Eichel trade and this guy finally getting surgery like uh, Fridge was saying too today and oh my god and then now this <laughs> just unfolds like must be Vegas because they have all the money in the world to spend right yeah 
Like, I don't know how it happens, I, but I uh, hope I hope he turns it around and doesn't become like a Taylor Hall who just kind of bounces around to teams and always uh, constantly trying to prove himself. Like, what a bust! What a bust! Taylor like, I'm not Hall, saying Taylor I, Hall's a bust, but like, it's it, it feels like he's always trying to make the next team. Like, he's he's always like oh we think you're gonna do it here and he almost does it and then he uses that to sign somewhere else but he almost does it there it's like fuck yeah after being named you know mvp one year and then what happened like even in fantasy i picked this guy the next year i'm like oh shit he's only gonna get better he's so young like teams want him but then i don't know went to new jersey and just kind of you know he wasn't a i won't say bust but he went from 93 points to i guess okay it was a shortened season so he did have 37 and 33 then um 25 and 30 but i don't know it just but he's not supposed to be a less than a point a game player right like that was not what he was drafted as and that's kind of what he's become just because he hasn't found a home and i'm hoping just to bring it back that this doesn't happen to jack eichel because vegas has a very bad reputation of if you're bad for five minutes or you make things difficult or the team's bad for five minutes they're just going to ship you out so this could start a trend where eichel just gets bounced around like i mean it's, it's a big contract it's a little harder to do that but i mean look vegas has been able to move some pretty stupid deals out of there if they really want to yeah I know it's it's embarrassing really like so many things are embarrassing at this moment like you think about the arenas you think about teams and the the cap people getting traded for future considerations that are like massive players the fact that we've seen Max Pacioretty and Marc-Andre Fleury both traded for absolutely nothing (sighs) in the last year is just stupid like but just to bring it all back basically everything we've talked about today just kind of shows that um COVID really fucked the salary cap and oh, yeah. um it's about time that they introduce a way that teams can logically spend money because there's players that should be making more uh the PA should really be arguing this like their their guys are there's enough people for like four more NHL teams just hanging around without contracts like it's crazy yeah one thing with Vegas too, and just to touch on fantasy, you know, at the end of last season, this was supposed to be a top tier fantasy team. They're supposed to be stacked like this first line of Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, Patches. Like, oh, I was I was excited, even though Patches is Mr. Glass. But oh, then he, he got so shipped good. out for nothing. Literally gone for nothing. And this is a yeah, top tier fantasy player. Like not top. Isn't he but out like, for mm-hmm. the whole next season though? Didn't Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or was it the He's whole done. season or like a really long time? He's supposed to be done thing. for the season. And now they have Phil Kessel on a $1.5 million contract. He looks so, great in a Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Shout out to Phil. The one thing I do applaud the Knights for, I guess, I don't know if this is impressive, but they've always kept their second line together. Like they've always had Marcia So, Riley, and Carlson. And well, Marcia and Carlson were part of that group of like, you know, the misfit toys that they were able to pick up right at their uh, their expansion yeah. draft that actually found a home there and are part of their core. It's like it's like what they do in the NBA where they're always trying to make super teams like they're the guys that keep saying like, oh, bring this guy in, bring that guy in. Yeah, but it's n- never worked because the NHL like- is not a place where you can build a super team because of salary cap. Like you're <laughs> going to have a hole somewhere. 
there was a lot of specu- speculation about Riley or Smith uh, going out on like leaving the team and he was supposed to be trade bait. But anyway, back to Nick Suzuki for one sec. I know we kind of went on a tangent about the Vegas Golden Knights because it's so easy to. But... You and I going off on a tangent about something? No way. <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. But uh Nick Suzuki, youngest in franchise history, you know, to be named captain, 31st captain. Do you think he was the right guy? I think long term, yes. But I think like right now, and I'm trying not to echo conversations that I've heard on other shows already, but like Gallagher's got to feel pretty slighted, eh? Yeah, and Nick Suzuki's the highest active paid player on the team right now. Isn't he like the highest paid Canadian ever or something? Oh, no. You had Carey Price at 10.5. Oh, never mind. I was thinking of (laughs) Stutz. uh, I think it was Stutzla who's like the highest paid Sen. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. But Gallagher comes in at 6.5 a year. And then Sean Monaghan totally forgot that he was traded to the Habs this offseason. He makes 6.375, but he's on IR. But uh, see, if Suzuki continues on this trend and he you know becomes a star which he should by all rights like the deal is going to look really good as is um him being captain i just feel like it just sucks that gallagher's put literally his blood sweat and tears into this team for a long time and it it's just like he kind of missed his window to take over that role and now it's going to somebody younger because they're the future of the team yeah, I know. Like Suzuki's played 209 games, 143 points. And then we have Gallagher, who, I'm just bringing up real quickly here, has played 638 games in the NHL with 381 points. So obvious veteran. Suzuki is supposed to be the new face of this organization, but there's a lot of talk out there because, hey, he does not speak French. And the Quebecois are losing their effing minds about it. So, uh, Pacioretty's American. I mean, Suzuki. I know. And Weber, I don't. Th- Does Shea Weber speak French? Mm-hmm. Good question. I don't think. And didn't so. they have a Finnish, what's his name, before that? <laughs> right like who gives a shit like wasn't i'm I'm trying to remember um uh oh my god what's his name when we were growing up fucking captain of montreal i think it starts with a k um, mind. oh my god beaner's not here so i know beaner <laughs> but no i see your point and apparently some um um french-speaking officials have like said things publicly and um I don't know, just the French side of the fan base are really having a fit about this. Saku Koivu, Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. (laughs) Okay. So since 1990-2000, we've got Finnish Saku Koivu. Then we've got American Brian Gianta from 2011 to 2014. (laughs) Then we've got American Max Pacioretty. And then Shea Weber, who may or may not speak French. And Canadian Nick Suzuki. Right. So why the fuck do they all of a sudden care? I know. It's been the hot topic lately, and apparently he's been taking classes on Babel. And... Shea Weber's from BC. There's no way he speaks French. <laughs> yeah. They're basically American. I know. I don't Shut know. up. Sorry, Marty. No offense. <laughs> that's, some, that's some Ontario uh, vibes there. Right. 
hate. <laughs> Yo, did you see um, the post from Cole Caulfield today wearing that big bling bling necklace that says uh, Canadians on the front? And it's literally the size like this. And the, the necklace is like this thick. Like, oh my God, a couple no, inches. Oh my God, it looks like it's going to break his neck off because the guy's so tiny. But. So this entire conversation started with um, ads on NHL jerseys. So we should bring it back, yes. back to yes. tangents. Tangents, just reeling it all back in. Yes, um, please. Uh. So we have not heard what the Leafs jersey ad is going to be. And please, for the love of God, let it not be TikTok. <laughs> right. I hey, at least cannot, it's white. <laughs> I cannot. I know. That's the only reason that I don't mind it on the helmet is because you barely notice it there. But. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But even then, if it's a yeah. Red Scotia Bank thing, it's going to be more noticeable. Like I just, I don't like it. So the like Caps it. last year were the first ones, and they had the Caesars Sportsbook uh, right in front. And then you know Arizona released that their uh, Gila Gila River Resorts can casinos. So. I bet a lot of people are pissed about these petting ads, right? Because they're already pissed about it on TV. And now some jerseys will have that. But, you know, there's other random ass companies like Safely. That's like a windshield repair and replacement company. Which and you one? have uh, Safe Safe Flit or Safe Light. Safe oh Light. God. And that's for Columbus. And then we have... Um, Pens have a healthcare company called Highmark, but I'm just thinking of these random fucking things. Like next, they're going to be advertising like implants or some shit. (laughs) I I just, I don't know, it'll be BioSteel or something. I just don't like the idea because I mean, we talked about this a couple months or weeks ago when it was first announced, and I remember Beaner saying that he wants to wear the same jersey that the players wear on the ice. Like that's part of buying an authentic jersey. Yeah. I don't like that that now means walking around as an advertisement. Not that wearing, a, you know, it's a brand. You're wearing, a, a you know, an advertisement for the Toronto Maple Leafs and wearing a jersey anywhere you go. But I just don't like that you're now also advertising for whoever they've deemed is their jersey ad. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a sacred thing. It's a jersey. It's the thing that's uh, yeah. the team, you know? Would you change your mind if the ads were hockey related? Like, you know, it was okay when we saw the Nike and the Adidas and, you know, if BioSteel had an ad or something that was related to the sport or hydration, <laughs> would would that be more okay to you then? I would be less frustrated with it. Like if there was like a Gatorade electric, you know, like an orange lightning bolt on it. Like to me that that kind mm-hmm. of reminds me of I don't know, like 90s kind of, you know, the CCM and Reebok on everything. And I don't know, it's, it would be more tolerable, that's for sure. But just seeing like a bank or a healthcare company or like an auto repair thing just seems so just, I don't know, devaluing the brand. Seriously, like you already have ads plastered all around the ice like and it changes per period per commercial you know you do your tv geographic location too now right like like the fact that they can do that like why do you have to then also put ads on the jerseys like you can change what's on the boards specifically in toronto versus in dallas so yes (sighs) i don't know i'm just thinking of if it's tim's i quit (laughs) oh my god 
<laughs> Bieber balls. <laughs> oh, if it's if it says Tim Biebs, though, I'm back in. Yeah, it has to say Tim Biebs or nothing. Like, <laughs> or or um, what the fuck is the company name? Uh, what uh, what's the smiley face uh, company? Bieber company. Uh, oh, Drew. Drew, <laughs> come on. If, okay. Okay. I don't if know. He just jumped I'm... in and was like, "I don't want a stupid logo on my Leafs jerseys. I will pay <laughs> for Drew House to be the logo on it. I would actually like that. Not that I'm like I don't own anything Drew House, and I'm not a Bieber fan. I just think that <laughs> the idea of somebody like personally stepping in as a fan of the team and be like, "No, no, 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 you're putting my brand on it because I don't want to see something stupid." Because he would actually care or... about like designing something for them. Yeah, or, or you know, OVO. paying somebody to design exactly right. like the OVO Raptors jerseys. That is a yes. great comparison. See, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that is exactly what it is. It's yes. like Drake doing the OVO jerseys. If you and we already did the Drew House reverse mm. retro or whatever it was, not the reverse retro, but the Drew House. Um, what the fuck was that one called? Um, Drew reverse, the reverse reverse jersey, black and blue. It was for whatever that Yellow. one was called, but I but, don't know. If they were to work in like an actual game jersey like that, that was reversible and had to add on it, that's fine. But fuck. Hey, the Edmonton Oilers actually refused ads. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Good for them. Yes. Aren't they owned by like Rexall? I don't know. But the owner said that's not something necessary. So I'm just thinking, why is it necessary for the Leafs? I mean, of course, they're all greedy bastards (laughs) up in management and you know mlse is just trying to make money even though the 20 dollar beers aren't good enough but i like i'm just thinking of those ugly ass european jerseys that are plastered with ads you can't even see the guy's name or the number it's just like yellow and rainbow colors of ads all over the jerseys like in those leagues um just daryl katz who owns the uh Edmonton Oilers. It's one guy. It's not a group like the uh, like MLSE is. I think that has something to do with it. He's a philanthropist. He also owns um, one of the largest, um, what is it called, conglomerates of companies in Canada. Okay. But he owns Rexall Pharmacies. Rich bitch. Yeah. yeah. Okay, makes sense. But um, I don't know. Oh, why. I guess he sold Rexall for like a shit ton in 2016. Oh, so that's why it's no longer the uh, Rexall place where the Edmonton Oilers play. Okay, interesting little history lesson there. But yeah, I'm just worried that it's going to get out of hand because we did start with the helmet and that was kind of annoying. And now we're on the jersey and it's like "Mm, fine. Like next, are you going to go on the shoulder? And like I get there's patches and stuff, but like how far are you going to go? You know, Come people on. say the slippery slope argument is always counterproductive, uh, but like that was kind of exactly what everybody said when we talked about the jersey thing they're, or the helmet thing. They're like, oh, next is going to be on jerseys. And they're like, no, you're just slippery slope argument. Exactly. It's like, well, we're sliding down the slope now. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> I just can't get over that damn RBC logo is bigger than Suzuki C. <laughs> like I'm looking yeah, at a pick right lame. now. I'm like, wow you can cover that c up instantly with that patch (laughs) that's why i think it's photoshopped on i don't think they have it made yet like that because Uh, it seems like they made it so big because they just announced that they're like showing it off 
Yeah. Well, I hope they fix it because that's not right. Like, yeah. I get you want to see it on camera, but like, come on, man. <laughs> okay. So last thing we got to touch on before we go to questions here is um, the official gameplay trailer for NHL 23 came out. It's four and a half minutes long. It's from their official YouTube channel. Um, it As somebody who's played, I want to say every other or every third NHL game since like 2001, uh, there's a lot of things that have become kind of textbook frustrating with these games, like just in organic movement and, you know, getting knocked off the puck or poke checks being too good or whatever it is. And it seems like at least from this trailer that they've listened to a lot of people's feedback. And I know EA is famous for saying they do these things and that stuff doesn't actually work when the game comes out. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like they've got some mechanics fixed. So they've made poke checks way less good. And if you're in a bad position, they're not going to work. If you know, you're doing a poke check, you're going to be slower than the person with the puck. So just like making that a little more fair, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. You can also do the, the Zegras Milano puck flip because of course you can because Zegras is on the cover. Of course. <laughs> and what do we think about the cover? Yeah, I mean, so Zegris is on the cover of the regular edition, and uh, then we've got Zegris and Nurse on the um, legendary, definitive, whatever they're calling their special gold edition deluxe. I don't know. Every game does it now. I think it's oh. cool. Uh, they're what was not that? together on both? All, all of the covers? No. They were... Oh. No, the NHL 23 cover is just Zegris. Oh, when I look it up, all I see is both of them. Yeah, it's the the X Factor edition that has both of them. Mm, okay. Well, definitely interesting with the uh, landscape, right? You have two hockey players, you know, in beach lower wear-ish with palm trees in the back and, you know, standing on an ice block. So that definitely catches the viewer's eyes because you're like, okay, this is a hockey game and this guy's in shorts and there's palm trees. But maybe That's they're looking I mean. at something. It's the X Factor edition. It's like the special edition one. The The regular one will be Zegris in a Ducks jersey, you know, in the classic like three-quarter pose thing with, you know, doing something. But the one that did come out already is the uh, the special edition one, which has both of them. And I think it's cool. I think both of them have become stars to the next generation of, uh, of fans, which is, I mean, it's a video game. It's directed at younger kids more than it is us older hockey fans. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's a good idea. Uh, I think it's yeah. great that they've implemented. There's Zegris has his own X Factor thing where you can do the Michigan and all those little flips from behind the net. Fun stuff. And Nurse has um, some endurance X Factor. I forget what it's called, but you um, nice. It's so you when you're getting knocked off the puck, if you're falling, you have like increased ability to pass and shoot effectively while falling because that is something that she's known for. Nice, awesome. Um, no, that's great. It's it, it's really cool that they've they've kind of implemented their styles of play into it, so people can feel like they're uh, you know really playing as them. Yeah, like, not gonna lie, at first when I saw this X-Factor cover, I was kind of like, what the fuck? But when you think about it, and you know, Anaheim is the home base of Zegris, and where's Anaheim? In California. So they kind of try and bring that, and 
I know every other cover is like just a close up of the guy's face or, you know, on the ice, but you're right. This is a new generation and Seagrass is the face of this new generation. And I saw a lot of arguments on Twitter and, you know, online in general saying if he deserved to be on the cover yet. And then there was another fan base that was just like, as long as it wasn't Matthews again. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly like you have to take advantage of who was the most popular last year and who brought the most to the game. And you're marketing something that, look, at the end of the day, you're marketing something. It's yeah. also something that's made in Canada for majority Canadian players for the mm -hmm. most part. So in order to get Americans to buy into it, you you have to put American stars on the cover of it, make it seem like less of a you know, typical hockey game that a bunch of Canadians play. Like, you know, and I get what they're doing because you know that the people that buy every year are going to buy it anyway, regardless. So it's about trying to reach a new audience and uh, and grow the game. And at the end of the day, even if it's through a video game, growing this uh, the audience of the NHL in any way right now is, you know, not a bad thing because the NBA has really taken a lot of the market share of the younger generation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And a, a couple of features too that they've listened um, to the fans about, like, for example, the mirrored visor for Ovi. You can now play with mirrored visor like back in the day where Ovi. Oh <laughs> yeah. And um, just a little, little tweaks, right? Like they added more default faces for more ethnicities and, you know, better equipment geometry to show the difference between brands and shapes of equipment. And like just these little, little details. Like when you're looking at a photo of these players, you can see their pores. <laughs> like it's so intense. But the things so. that people that uh, like people playing really care about that they've changed are that the the goalies they've done a lot of motion tracking with like actually they showed they've put different uh sensors on people making saves and stuff so they can animate mm -hmm. in new realistic saves that like normally only humans would think to make that you wouldn't like if you're an animator sitting there you know watching highlights and stuff maybe there's certain moves that you wouldn't think to put in but somebody would yeah. naturally do so they've been doing a lot of tracking of that and how people fall and uh mm -hmm. you know how much control you can still have of the puck while you're falling so i think there's a lot of things that make it look like it's more natural and fluid to play, which has always been the problem. Like they can update the graphics and they can add all these features and customize this and customize that. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't feel like you're really playing something, it mm -hmm. just, it takes you out so quick. And uh, that's when I usually move to just managing the team instead of playing the games. <laughs> I think the biggest thing too with this year is the first ever cross play between oh, you know different finally. different devices you can finally play with your your friends on xbox ps4 whatever you have you don't have to worry right so mm, on that it might only be um like the new gen to, so this is the problem with a lot of the new gen games is that it's probably the new xbox to ps5 and then ps4 and and the xbox one like i don't think it's across all of them because the actual game is a bit different in the engine to the newer systems. I might be wrong on that, but that's usually how they've worked. What I saw, um, it was one can do both and then the other can only do its generation. That makes if sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, another note too, Russia and Belarus, not in the game. Interesting. I did not know that. Yes, and uh, women's players are added to the game across uh, all of those fun leagues. So that's really cool. Oh, and nice. one one thing I wanted just to put mention: in, like, international women's teams. Or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, now it's more specific and you can actually customize the same way you can customize with the other uh, teams. So it's I really mean, if cool. you're putting Sarah Nurse on the cover, you have to expand the women's side of the game. Right, right. <laughs> it was bound to happen. But yeah. I think this preview and all just kind of, you know, like slapped this idea in my face because I'm a least fan, you know, my tinfoil hat's growing. But that preview of the etched you know, 2022, 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Of course, they put on the Toronto Maple Leafs with all of their <laughs> players, including a name called Joe NHL. <laughs> like, are we fucking cursed or what? Like, did you guys really have to put the Leafs on that fucking cup in the preview? I missed that. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> they would. <laughs> it's like how else can you piss us off i mean like one can dream and i i posted an um instagram story today like manifesting this into the world with all of my will but am i fucking cursing it or what like jinxing it oh man uh, but one thing i want to mention before we move on from this topic uh speaking of beach uh, something that was hinted on uh, 32 Thoughts was, you know, since Florida is the host of the All-Star Game coming up this year, um, it's going to be a similar theme. Like do you want to go? Meets... Right? <laughs> we should just do it, man. I, no, actually, like, actually, we should we should try to see if we can do that. I actually, um, random thought, I looked up tickets for the Arizona game in Arizona versus the Leafs. Um, they sold out really freaking quick, but it was just four fifty or six fifty, and it was, yeah, it was like row J four fifty, row M six fifty, and it was the oh, same price my across. God. And there's only like, there's not even like row Z. It's like it ends at, <laughs> it ends not. at like R. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's so expensive. And I'm like, fuck, like, if I'm going to spend $900 well, USD on this game, I might as well go to a Leaf game in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is that's um, like the Belleville um, Leaf Sens game coming up. So living in Ottawa, I make a point every year. I If I can't, if I know I'm, well, okay, no, either way, I shouldn't say this. Every year I go to a preseason game, whether I'm going to a regular season one or not. I always try to get to a preseason one. They're cheap. They're usually empty. Same. Um, and the Leafs always play here, right? This year, the Leafs and Sens preseason games in fucking Belleville to a 5,000 person arena, which is more <laughs> than the ASU arena holds. And uh, yeah. it's sold out in five minutes. So yeah, <laughs> can't go to that. So yeah. there's no preseason games here, which sucks. So this is, I've been in Ottawa for, this will be my sixth year uh sixth leaf season here okay. and uh this will be the first time in i think like four years that i don't get to go to a preseason game oh yeah i'm gonna be out west so i'm gonna miss all the preseason games but yeah it's, it's so weird right like I, w I thought we can all go get together in belleville you know meet meet halfway and go to a game but these tickets just sold out so fast and same with the arizona game i i was thinking hey fuck like for a grand we can have a flight hotel a game literally five rows from the ice and just have like an ultimate weekend nope <laughs> What time of year is the game? Because that would probably explain it. If it's in like March, then it, that's got to be just people that are going down to Arizona anyway. December 29th, I believe. Oh, same deal. It's winter. Yep. But dead of winter. So, yeah. um, 
I think going to Florida, like I've been to a game in both, uh, like for the Panthers and at Amelie Arena for Tampa, and it's so fun going down there. Like we should try to make it because I don't know where they're gonna. They probably do Amelie for the All Star game because it's, uh, it's more central. Be on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. and the outdoor event is supposed to incorporate alligators and of course they hinted at meat pucks possibly and shooting meat pucks into the alligator's mouth <laughs> animal abuse or what <laughs> yeah so they're doing it on the fort lauderdale's the east coast that's where the panthers are not the the lightning they're on the west coast of florida mm-hmm. so um okay i'd still be down to go that sounds well, like yeah. a blast. But like, they're they're planning it, and I really hope it wasn't like a fail like Vegas. Well, it wasn't much of a fail, but like it could have been a lot better, right? And you know the NHL putting together a boring event. No way. <laughs> uh speaking of uh all-star though, I think we just need to touch on quickly that our uh fastest skater in the NHL all-star Jordan Kairu, aka Kaiyu, oh, signed. Yeah. A big, big deal. Eight times 8.125 mil, equaling $65 million, which is equal to Robert Thomas's contract. So now you have two players on the roster with the exact same contract who are both finishing their year this year with the $2.8 million average, <laughs> annual average. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I wow. think that they both have shown that they have the potential um, to be stars in this league. They had explosive seasons. I had both of them at different points in fantasy. Robert Thomas was almost a, a mainstay on my team by the end of the year. I think I ended up holding on to him. Uh, Kairu, the last two years, uh, has been really good. I like. I get it. There's uh, not a lot of players that come through St. Louis uh, these days that are stars. So lock down what you get, you know, it's kind of like Columbus where it's like, you know, it's not a, not yeah. a big hockey market. So when you get these names coming through that want to stay like, fucking, why not lock them in? 122 so, points in 173. Yeah. Kyrou? I think, I think they're going to be nice looking deals in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Thomas, uh, 164 and 241. Yeah. It didn't Thomas is the one that I think might be premature. But if you've already given that to him, Kairu's got to say, well, I want at least that. Yeah. Like, and when this deal expires, um, it'll be 2030. 20, 20, oh, my God. 2031. And he'll only be 33 years old. So Kairu could be a huge name in this league when that time comes. Yeah. And I thought that it was going to drive his price up when Thomas signed. But I'm I'm surprised to see they got the same price. But uh, good, for, good for St. Louis for locking those guys in. They're going to be really like the the core of that team for a while now yeah next year they have uh tarasenko barbashev akari and o'reilly who are unrestricted oh. free agents and then um the they have two restricted free agents but they're not the big names it's just logan brown and Toropchenko. so they have a lot to do and you know to get these guys extended and uh the next highest paid guy is only Braden shin at 6.5 yeah, they've got some nice deals there. It's just it's going to be interesting to see who moves out because I think Tarasenko is going to be out of there because he's asked for a trade a bunch of times. And now, you know, 
Caillou has a baby brother who was drafted by the Dallas Stars in the second round. Oh, really? So now there's another Caillou and another brother on just, Dallas. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to call him Baby Caillou or I haven't figured it out yet, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, um, we can get through these questions pretty quickly. We thanks oh, to yes. uh, James from Offside Hockey Talk who sent in a few. Uh, we covered a couple because I was planning on talking about it. anyway, but thank you for sending them in. SDA came to play today. Hell yeah, he did. Dursey signs. Does it set the market for Sandine? Uh, also touched on that. The last one I do. I'm sorry. I want to hold this until beans here because it's about Petrozelli. Okay. So Petrozelli being a diamond in the rough. And mm. I, I think he is, but I cannot as confidently speak to it as much as bean can. So when we have him back next episode, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, so thanks, James, for those. Also at Southpaw Cal, who will be a surprise player that makes the opening game roster? Ooh, I like this question. Hmm. I'm going to say. What if Jordy bends their opening night? <laughs> uh, Matt Murray. No, just kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's got to be, you know, I think Beaner is so sure Adam Gaudet is going to have a roster spot. I think he's going to be one of the surprising ones to get the roster spot. But Oh, sorry. Me. No, fair enough. I think Gaudet and um, Abe Kubel definitely have um, a lot of promise, but I think it's going to be Yarn Croak. I, I think that guy's been kind of passed around and not given the chance because uh, a coach didn't like him in Calgary and then sent off to to Seattle and, you know, where they didn't have anything going last year. So I think he'll have a good year here. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the question? If they're going, they're going to surprise us and make a roster spot, right? Yeah. Who's going to be a surprise opening roster? You know, he's not a surprise for me only because he signed a four-year contract. To me, that means lock. So I think it's going to be one of the random names if it's not Godette or like Joey Anderson, for example. I feel like, or a fourth-line guy, right? Like probably Wayne Simmons over the newbies on opening night. And then the newbies come in. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It, Simmons is going to be the interesting one because he's definitely become like a veteran leader on the team. It's just how much he ends up playing. It's going to be kind of like Spezza last year mm -hmm. where, you know, he he wants to play and they want him to play, but it's how often they can find when that's useful. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's then you have a bunch of guys looking for a spot like coming out of camp too, right? So hmm, it's gonna be it's tough. tough. But no, I um yeah, I kind of wasn't really thinking about the question when I said Yarn Croak. You're absolutely right that obviously he's gonna be in the opening lineup. I think we're just gonna be surprised by how effective he is. Maybe Malgan. <laughs> oh my god. No. Imagine. So last thing I want to end with here. This is a question from uh, the inside the rink chat. It's from Q the Duck Boats Pod. Start one, bench one, cut one. Ooh. David Pasternak, Johnny Gaudreau, and Mitch Marner. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's an easy one, right? Uh, hmm. Well, you have to consider 
their spots going into the season. I mean, Pastor Nack's line mate buddy is going to be out until at least American Thanksgiving in November. Correct. Um, Johnny Gaudreau has Patrick Lyonet on his wing, but they're newbies. So, like, together, I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know if they gel yet. We don't know what's going to go on there. We know Patrick likes to take the shot. We know Johnny's a playmaker. So who's going to fill in that third role on that line? And Mitch Marner. You know, he's a guy who had a career year last year. I know Johnny did as well, but it's promising things for Matthews. Bunting, I don't think he slows down whatsoever. Marner um, also had a 25-game stretch where he didn't score on the power play. That is true as well. <laughs> Actually, the first, I believe, seven games of the last last season, he did not score. And he Wait, was what going am I talking that... 25? Wasn't it like 100? Yeah, not 25. It was over 100. It was embarrassing. It was literally It irrelevant. was like over a year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then he didn't score for the first seven games. And then I remember he was the face of my Leaf calendar going into November and I was like, this is the month. It has to be the month where he pops off because he's on my calendar. But okay, back to the back to the question. Okay, start one. I'm starting Mitch. You know, you gotta start Mitch. I am you know, I wanna cut Johnny. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning the I'm same bench way as you. Pasta. I'm leaning the same way as you because Pasta, obviously, it's like you said, the, the team around him is aging, which is what makes it like I'm I'm looking at this fantasy wise because there's no scenario where you you're looking to. at doing this with these three players, right? So yeah. fantasy wise, I think Marner, like Matthews had an explosive season and Marner's going to set him up for everything. And Gaudreau's in a new situation. Like you said, line A and him could pop off. Who else does he have there? Um, Forecheck and... Uh, Voracek and you have Boone Jenner you have um who else yeah, is there I just, like it's I think like... he'll be he'll he'll his numbers will be good but like I wouldn't take him in our draft I don't think like I wouldn't be heartbroken if somebody else took him I don't know I think it's he gonna be, be an adjustment there for a bit he would be a sneaky steal in like the third round you know like he should not go on the first round in my opinion unless it's super super late and if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective mitch marner goes very close to pasta but thanks to martian being injured mitch marner definitely goes ahead of pasta this year and johnny drops down to maybe 15 to 25 ish depending on how your league is like organized if it's a bangers league or a points league for example so yeah start uh, yeah. mitch bench pasta cut johnny and, and Sorry, it's johnny. close honestly like i know this is a leaf show and it, i think it's close between pasta and mitch it's just the fact like if marshawn was there and healthy and, and bergeron's there and healthy with him like crazy's back and all this like if it was you know everything's a go it would be a little tougher of a conversation, but I think just with how Bunting and Matthews have solidified everything with with Marner, that first line's not getting split up. Uh, I think it's the the lock. So, oh yeah, uh, ask me three or five years ago, Pasta is an immediate start. You know, you're you're benching Mitch, and then you're still cutting Johnny. In my opinion, I don't know if you you're asking like like the the heart attack kids like Monahan and Gaudreau when they were absolutely on fire like 
I had Gaudreau. I picked him up literally off the fucking waiver wire that year in fantasy. And he exploded. And it was like, he was one of the top three players on my team. So like there was a time when, yeah, I just, man, okay. I don't know. It'd be tough. It's hard. Yeah. No, there you're, are you're absolutely players, right. three amazing players, right? So yeah, it just like, depends on when and the situation. And I think just current context, that's, uh, I think we agree on our answers. Yep. Yeah. Johnny's value immediately depletes just for being, a, <laughs> being with Columbus, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Good question though. It is. And that's why I asked if we could steal it for the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why with, with Gaudreau, I'm also interested to see how all those guys do like Kachuk and how, you know, Huberto does in, in Calgary. I think, Fantasy is going to be really fascinating this year. It is. So many changes, right? And those top tier guys moving to new teams. You're like, how is this going to affect the play? And do you go with what you know and those those same guys from the same team? Or do you take a chance and, you know, drop someone pretty high? Or even, you know, Kale McCarr, for example, he's supposedly going top three in the draft. I'm like, do you take a defender top three versus, you know, someone like oh, McDavid hard. or Matthews or even Vasilevsky, right? Who's always drafted so high, but then last year showed how untrustworthy goalies are. Is it That's worth gonna be the it? biggest question mark this year is goalies. Yes, yes, because remember you drafted Kemper, Roscoe, and the first half of the season you were crying. Kemper and Campbell were the worst duo to have. In, like, they were so good and so bad at the same times. Like, the teams were fantastic. Like, I literally picked the Leafs in Colorado starting goalies. How could I go wrong? <laughs> right. Oh, because the teams basically outscore their problems. That's both both of them. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Kemper gets lit up so often and pulled. And oh, and all the times where his skates were broken and he kept getting pulled out of games. <laughs> there was like three games in a row where he blew his skate and they're like, I want right? to pull him out. And I got like a 45 goals against. I'm like, fucking great. Like, anyway. Seriously. The there were the so show. many issues. <laughs> like, how many games did you like just lose for starts because there were equipment issues? <laughs> like, yeah. And then the update wasn't there. And then you're like, Rah, I can't set my lineup. I love oh, yeah. fantasy. But yeah, join. Anyway, um, that's the end of the show. We're rambling now. Check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at least late night <laughs> presented by Inside the Rank. We have merch coming very soon, I promise. I'm putting the final touches on things. We'll have t-shirts and hoodies available. We'll look into other things, but that's what we can uh, immediately do through our, uh, our partners here at Inside the Rank. So we'll have those available. I hinted at a couple things, but we will have, by the sounds of it, two different styles. So Ooh. stay tuned for our uh, our little reveals as they come out as I finish some artwork with friends of mine. So not reversible. <laughs> that's not a bad Sorry, idea. Sorry, guys. Though. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> okay, that's it for tonight. So send us in questions uh, on Twitter if you would like us to answer them on the show. Join our Discord, which uh, you can send a message to either of us and we will send you the link for uh, anything else? We got a fantasy league coming up, which if you want to jump in the Discord, you can join. And, yes. Um, uh, stay active on Twitter because I will be sending out all the links and Instagram. And please join the Discord for all the info. And yeah, join fantasy. We're going to have a free league. There's a lot of interest in doing a free league. There's actually kind of equal interest in all of the categories that I posted, ranging from free to $100. So I feel like we're going to have 
a free, then a 25, a 50, and a 100, for example, or maybe two 50s, depending on the interest. So yeah, stay tuned. You heard it here. Win stuff the fennel is money. <laughs> Remember to follow us at Leaves Late Night <laughs> and at Fennel Stuff. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. More. I really need to cut the first half off of that. It runs so long. I kind of miss our old intro.